0: From KDNK Community Access Radio in Carbondale, Colorado in the United States, this is program number 23 of the Tactile Traveler. Empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. When blind people go places, we don't experience things like our sighted friends. We don't see towering mountains or romantic sunsets. The goal of this program is to create experiences that are more meaningful or just more fun for us and our sighted traveling companions. The Tactile Traveler hopes to empower people not only to go literally around the world, but around the block, to new adventures in their lives. Blind ranges from people who are visually impaired and glasses and contact lenses no longer allow them to lead a normal life. To people like me, who are totally blind. To sighted parents with blind children. Blind parents with sighted children and blind parents with blind children, and people of all ages, interests, and physical abilities. On today's program, how being assertive can make life more fun for blind and sighted people. The subway of the future for blind and low vision riders is already here in a city in South Korea and better ways to describe things to people who can't see them. During the late 1960s and 70s, something called assertiveness training, a way of expressing your wishes, needs, and opinions while respecting those of others, became very popular here in the United States because many of us have grown up being taught not to be assertive. Things like Children should be seen and not heard. Women should be subservient to men. That's not feminine. And we don't talk like that in this family. And a never-ending list of ways we're programmed that our feelings, needs, and wishes should be kept to ourselves. People who are going to both therapy and assertiveness training we're finding that the assertiveness training was helping them more than the therapy because it gave them concrete tools for taking more control of their lives. Some of that was because how therapy was practiced at the time.
1: As you say, we're Freudian or psychoanalytic therapies, where it's a very long, drawn-out process of exploring your past and understanding
0: how that impacts your, your current life. An adjunct professor at the University of Denver, Jim Stokes, Ph.D., says therapy has changed from what Freud said caused your problems to concrete ways to take control
1: of your life. Uh, People are being encouraged to be more active and take steps to improve their situation, and now there's a direct
0: path to making changes in your life. And many of those steps include what was taught in assertiveness training. Most of us who could always learn how to be more assertive aren't in therapy. So we're missing out on some concrete things we can do that would make our lives more fun. And Dr. Stokes says being assertive is especially useful to people who are blind
1: where uh, blind people may be with the sighted person and the peop- and others will talk to the sighted person as if the blind person isn't even there because you allow others to take charge because it's harder to feel that, as said earlier, just to, uh, feel that you have control over your environment.
0: Retired blind teacher of the blind, Hannah Fairbrown, realized that students need assertive skills while teaching at the Carroll Center for the Blind in Newton, Massachusetts. So she developed what she calls assertive speech, specifically for us, which she incorporates in her book, When You Can't Believe Your Eyes, Vision Loss and Personal Recovery.
2: I'd already realized um, from my own experience and then beginning work at Carroll Center, this was in the early 2000s, that people losing vision at that time had absolutely no way of finding out, except maybe through family or friends, what were the best ways of dealing with vision loss, what all the different kinds of vision loss were, what treatments there were, uh, how, how, what rehab was, what good rehab was, etc., etc., absolutely. They, they and I, at, back in the day, were so dependent on teachers and others for all the information, and I thought that was terrible. And then, A couple of students, adult students at the Carroll Center who were nearing the end of their program of um, vision rehab, they came to me and said, you know, we need classes or group classes in spoken communication.
0: Hannah says the most important part of being assertive is being very clear.
2: Assertive speech, is a way of speaking that tells whoever you're talking to in a positive, firm, clear way what you need or what you don't need, what you refuse, or how you're feeling according to the situation. But the main thing about it is that it's positive and firm and really clear. It's not at all sort of nervous or anxious or angry or at all kind of letting things pass that really you need to address, uh, you need to talk about. So that's what assertive speech is. It's not being bossy, but it's being firm in your own defense.
0: Hannah uses as an example when you ask for a personal shopper in a store even though that person probably doesn't know they're called a personal shopper.
2: So what you're going to do is to coach the person you're talking to in the way you need help. So, for instance, supposing you're going to the pharmacy, I would say, at maybe I'd go, I'd listen for the register and I'd go up to it and I'd say can you find me someone who knows the store well? That's important. Give me a hand here. I need a few things. And then I say to the person who's going to help me, I have very little sight. And then I say, I can follow you or I can take your elbow. So I am teaching them how I want to be helped. And then when we get to actually picking out the toothpaste I say please can you hand everything to me first because I don't want someone to, something to get put in my basket or cart that I have not held in my hand because maybe they're only giving me the tiny size and I want the grumbo size or the reverse or maybe it, the packaging just doesn't feel the way It normally does, and you think they've given you something else. So that's the kind of way you're always coaching the assistant how
3: you need to be helped.
0: Hannah says it's important to have some phrases you're comfortable with that you can use all the time. For example, if you're in a restaurant, I'm blind. Then fill in the blanks with, please read the menu to me, or guide me to the restroom. Or... When a well-meaning person tries to guide you somewhere by grabbing your arm and starts pushing you, you're ready to say, may I walk half a step behind you and hold your elbow. Hannah says it might be easier to practice assertive speech with strangers like clerks in stores than with family and friends who aren't used to you sticking up for your rights. Like when they tell you, you can't use a stove or sharp knife. You'll be comfortable saying, I learned to use stoves and knives at the center for the blind. Hannah says, until assertive speech is natural to you, practice. Using assertive
2: speech takes practice and you want to practice because you need to keep it short, friendly, and clear. But at the same time, state your need, it's appropriate how you feel about things. So you need to practice, practice, practice. First of all, maybe by yourself or with a friend on the phone or when we get back to in-person support groups or online support groups also, practice there great to practice with a few other people who also live with vision loss because you can get some great feedback and useful tips working together.
0: Hannah Fairbairn's book, When You Can't Believe Your Eyes, Vision Loss and Personal Recovery, has lots more on assertive speech and tips on making being low vision or blind easier. It's available on Amazon Google Playbooks, Bookshare, and Bard Talking Books. Other books available on assertiveness training from the Talking Book Library are When I Say No, I Feel Guilty, How to Cope, Using the Skills of Systematic Assertive Therapy, Civilized Assertiveness for Women, Communications with Backbones, and don't say yes when you want to say no. Blair Northwood, Sharon Huey, and Andrea Lowry helped with this story. Today's program is being brought to you by A New Energy. A new way to reduce your carbon footprint and global warming. A new energy economy. A new energy co. You're listening to The Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low-vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. South Korea's second-largest city is trying to make public transportation more accessible for riders with vision disabilities. Earlier this year, Busan Korea launched a new technology that could help passengers travel independently. The Tactile Traveler's Jason Struther has the story.
4: Park Hyung-bae doesn't leave home much without help from his mother or another guide. The 32-year-old says navigating Busan's public transportation isn't comfortable for someone who is blind. <laughs> When I've traveled without my family or someone to guide me, I've gotten lost and asked people where I am, Park says. But sometimes they just ignore me and I have no idea if they've walked away or not. It makes me feel isolated. It's hard to ask for help, he says. But new smart technology inside a Busan metro station could help people with visual impairments travel more independently. Pak is trying out a new smartphone app called Tagati Naranhi, or Side by Side. It locates users with GPS and provides meter by meter directions to station amenities. Pak uses his phone's text-to-speech software to listen to the directions. It tells him to walk straight for 98 meters. He arrives at one of two accessible information kiosks that's connected to Bluetooth beacons placed all around the station. The system speaks out loud and has a Braille touchpad that turns into a tactile map of the facility. Pak says when he selects a destination, the Braille display lets him feel the layout of the station and he can memorize where he needs to go. So far, the new tech is just in one subway station. But city officials say they plan to expand the app's coverage and install kiosks in all of the metro's 114 stations. John Byung-Joon is with the Busan Transportation Corporation.
0: He says this technology
4: is not just for people with disabilities. It can be convenient for pregnant women and the elderly. It has multiple languages, so even foreign visitors can use it. It's for everyone, John adds. Smart technology can benefit everyone if it's made with universal design. That's according to the Seoul-based firm Dot, which partnered with Busan and built the accessible kiosk. Go Misuk, who handles customer service, says one way to do that is to bring more people who are blind to the table. She says, from her perspective, as someone with a visual disability, there's a difference in how people without a disability think about making products that can be used by someone who is blind. Go says that's why it's important that visually impaired people be part of the planning and design process. Back at the Busan Metro Station, Pak Hyung Bei says that inclusive tech does not just improve mobility. Non-disabled people don't often see people with a disability using the subway, he says. If this technology makes it easier for us to use public transportation, I think the overall perception of people with disabilities will improve. And that, he adds, will bring down social barriers. Thank you, Jason. You're
0: listening to The Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low-vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. One of our continuing challenges is understanding what's around us, especially when we're traveling to new places. That includes more meaningful ways for our sighted traveling companions to to describe things to us. I thought a person who was blind and now sees might have insights that would help us. Connie Parks is one of those people. She went blind in 2003. Doctors in Montana and Utah misdiagnosed the cause of her blindness and told her that she would be blind forever and there was nothing that could be done to help her then in 2018 her husband mentioned to his doctor at the university of colorado hospital that his wife was blind and was having problems with blisters on her eyes the doctor immediately sent her to an eye specialist at the hospital one of them told her that her blindness was caused by extremely thick cataracts and that surgery might improve her life but made no guarantees. They were pleasantly shocked to find that she could see twenty-twenty in both eyes the day after her surgeries. Now that Connie can see again, she and her husband are revisiting many of the places she went to when she was blind. And she realized something.
1: I've always been adventurous, and when I lost my sight, that never stopped. And so he would take me to, like, we lived in Colorado, he would take me to the Oregon coast to visit my family, he would take me to the mountains of Montana to see his family, and we would go through Yellowstone National Park on our way back. And he would describe what he would see, what he was looking at. and what he described did not compare to what i saw he would tell me there were trees and they were pine trees, um and they were green but what i saw were many different colors of greens and and i had precise vision to where i could actually see the the pine needles on the tree he took me through yellowstone And I heard Old Faithful. He tried to describe Old Faithful to me. But to see Old Faithful with your actual eyesight was nothing like what he had described what he was seeing.
0: Connie's husband did a much better job of making her aware of her surroundings than most people. When they were on a trail in the woods, he would stop and have her feel the needles on the pine trees. Since Connie had seen in the past, it would have been more meaningful if her husband had talked about the many shades of green. Duncan Larson, who is cited, is in charge of programs for seniors at the Colorado Center for the Blind in Littleton, Colorado. But in 1978, she began a career at what is now known as the Nebraska Commission for the Blind. As part of her training, she had to wear nightshades, a brand of very effective blindfolds, for three months.
3: The sleep shade training was very intensive. I wore my sleep shades from 8 to 5, wore them over the lunch hour. I would often wear them home uh, at night, and I would wear them sometimes on weekends for activities that we did. So it was a very intensive experience.
0: Between her sleep shades and 43 years of working with blind people, Duncan developed a skill that would be handy for anyone to learn who has an important person in their life who is blind. She thinks like a blind person.
3: Prior to my training, I really didn't know any blind people. I was hired... I got involved in the training and then I got to know lots of blind people. I made lots of friends with people in that I worked with and with students. I'm not sure how it's different. Sighted people just use their visual sense. They are not necessarily Going into that forest. and
0: One of the most frequent ways people have problems describing things is when they give us directions.
1: The one thing that upset me more than anything was. Did you see that? Look at here. It's over there. Well, it's right there. It's right in front of you. Those things bothered me more than anything. Because when you don't have sight you don't know over there
3: for example when when a person's asking for directions if if someone says okay go to your left and blah 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 it's really helpful for the person to point okay you mean this way and point to the left and confirm with the the stranger that that is really what they meant because it's, it's often turned around. It's, it's almost more often turned around than it is correct because they're facing you. So it may be their left, but you're right. So it's really good just to, to point, oh, you mean this way? And then say, yes, or they'll say, no, 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 I meant the other way. Sorry, I meant the other way. And, and nobody's trying to trip up anybody. It's just that people don't often think in terms of directions and how to give directions.
0: If you have an important person in your life with vision problems, you can get a better feel for what it's like to be blind by wearing sleep shades and borrowing one of their white canes like Duncan did. Maybe not day and night for three months, but for a couple of hours every once in a while. But your experience will probably feel worse to you than it does to us, because we're used to not seeing well and feel secure with our white canes. Only close your eyes or wear sleep shades when you have another sighted person next to you walking in the traffic and falling off curbs isn't one of the experiences you're trying to get. Paula Frond helped with this story. This program's being brought to you by A New Energy. A new way to open your own business using open source software, hardware, and electronics. A new Co. You're listening to the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low-vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. It's my talking scale, reminding us that we'd like you to weigh in on how we're doing. Please send us an email with story ideas in the subject line to the tactile Traveler at gmail.com. We spell traveler the American way with one L. If you'd like to help underwrite this program, please send us an email with underwriting in the subject line. Transcripts of this program are available for our deaf listeners by searching The Tactile Traveler in any search engine. This program is being broadcast on the Audio Information Network of Colorado and in additional states. It's also available by typing The Tactile Traveler into any search engine and available wherever you get podcasts. It's also available by asking your smart speaker to play the podcast, The Tactile Traveler. We'd like to thank the following organizations and people who have helped make today's program possible. Be My Eyes Microsoft Accessibility Tech Support, Apple Accessibility Tech Support, Pat Caro, Lorraine Hutchinson, Sarah Williams, Sophia Williams, Lucas Turner, and Raleigh Burley. This has been the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world, and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. This has been a production of KDNK Community Access Radio, Carbondale, Colorado.